It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. You're listening to Alexandra Friends 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Texas, Roberto Perez. I am here today with my co-host, Courtney, who is sitting to my left and... V is on the other line uh, listening to us and hopefully jumping in whenever she can. And our guest today is an amazing young lady, Liz Castaneda, who's going to give us a little journey. We're going to walk on her shoes for her journey as from her life and her adoption of her children. And tell us a little bit about what it's like to have a foster or an adopted child in your home. So with uh, just a very welcoming. We want to welcome you, Liz Castaneda, for being here today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank y'all for having me. Um, adoption and foster um, was not something that I had really ever thought that I was going to really be, a, you know, a part of, but it just happened. Well, can you tell us a little bit about you and your husband and your family? Just give us a little bit of update of where you, what you do and a little bit about your family. Um, my husband is Roland Castaneda. We've known each other our entire lives. Um, we got we were not each other's first um, marriages. We are second, you know, we're into our second, you know, marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with him, when um, he had, he has a biological son, Brandon, who is 15 years old, and he has another um, son named Curtis, who is 16. And he's had Curtis, so 16, he's, yeah, they're about a year apart from each other. So Roland was dating a woman um, before we got married, and um, she had a son named Curtis, and so Roland's basically been there since he was an infant, and he had, of course, a, another child with that young woman um, named Brandon, and when she left, uh, she left both kids, including Curtis. Curtis does have special needs. He has an IQ of around um, 54. He has autism, so he is on the spectrum, and um, I, Roland and I got together when the kids were uh, maybe 18 months and two years old so i've been there since the beginning um curtis um we went to court we had you know um guardianship over him years later and it's it's been um having a special needs child it it can be challenging it really can Mm -hmm. um unlike you know where teenagers have selective hearing where they learn to ignore you or kids they um special needs children honestly don't remember so if you don't tell them um, something and remind them every day on a consistency or every time they sit down to eat. How do you eat? What do you do? You know, how do you do this? Um, they will not remember and they will not take you know, responsibility of it. So it's a lot of what we as moms see as nagging and a lot of repetitiveness and um, a lot of frustrations and a lot of let's figure out how, it, you know, how to do this because no two children are alike. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, um, it, it's, um, it can be rewarding. Absolutely. But it's also, um, you don't get a, a, to be honest with you, a lot of with special needs children, um, you don't have the give and take like we do with our children, how we get so much back from it and the bonding that we do with our children. And then and, and I hate to use the word normal, but um, um, Curtis uh, does not know how to form a relationship back. So are these your your children or are these are Roland's children? Those, okay, well, um. Uh, I guess I've never, I've never seen, I've had them since they so, were infants. So, so they're, yes, they are Rollins, but I've never had them. So they've, tell us, where, what about the other children you have? Um, well, my biological kids? 
my I have one that's twenty years years old, and I have Patricia who is um and he's my my son is twenty eight. My oldest is um my daughter is twenty three. Her name's Patricia, and um, I have a little um adopted child. Um, our youngest is Evelyn, and she will be ten next month. And tell us how did you how did you adopt her? What happened here? Um, I was we were not looking to adopt. I was not a foster parent. My husband and I were not fosters at the point at that time. I was married to Roland, of course, and um, I was at work. And a coworker who I barely knew came up to me, and she had this look of desperation. I mean, I thought she was going to ask me for money or something. She says, "I need to ask you a huge <laughs> favor." And I said, "Well, you know, what what is it?" And she said, "I have a little niece who's getting ready to go into foster care. If we can't find a home to place her in." And I found out this little girl was, her little niece was six weeks old. I barely knew this person. She said, um, other people don't worry about it. Other people are also volunteering to take care of her for about 30 days. And um, would you be interested? And, you know, I didn't want, I heard the baby was six weeks old. And I I didn't want her, you know, anyone sabotaging. Mm -hmm. She went into foster care. So I said, sure, here's my information. I was told there were like three other families who were also wanting to do it. So I knew that the chances of, my husband and I having, you know, to take a child in that we didn't know was slim. And, well, it wasn't anything like that. The next thing I knew, about 10 minutes later, I get a phone call from a Child Protective Service um, caseworker saying, how soon can you can you meet today to pick up this baby? And my husband and I, we didn't, we were, um, we weren't financially secure at the time. And we barely had any money in the bank. And when you do fictive kin, and that's what it's called. It's called fictive kin when um, child protective services will, you know, hand the child over to somebody, a, a relative or a friend. Um, we pay for all of everything up front, which would be um, diapers, daycare, food, everything. And I called my husband at work and said, um, "We, um, you need to get here a little early. We have to go pick up um, a baby today. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> We're he having was, a baby. He was livid with me. He thought I was joking. I explained to him I wasn't and told him why. He didn't argue with me, but he was really mad at me. Um, and we went to go pick her up. And when we picked her up um, we, um, from Child Protective Services, she was a tiny little baby. She was underweight. She had a flat head from where she hadn't been picked up or had any kind of human contact. And oh, Excuse me, how old was the baby? She was six weeks old. And um, instead of, it was really odd, The um, instead of handing, you know, n- normally you would think that if your husband and you were there, that somebody would hand a newborn over to the woman. They handed her over to my husband, and that was it for him. He was, like, right before we knocked on the door, entering into the apartment where we were picking her up, he was giving me dirty looks. He was saying, you know, how dare you do this to me? And by the time we were leaving and we had her in the car, he's like, I'm so glad I thought of this. And he was. So I mean, what was the problem? What happened? We, what, so why she was did the taken baby, uh, from her parents because mm-hmm. they had made some bad decisions in that point in their life. They had drugs and criminal charges of, of theft. And the dad had a, a pretty long, the bio dad had a pretty long record of um, um, stealing and other things he had done, violence. And so, so they. So tell us about the baby. How, did, how long have you had her? And um, we've us- had her um, since she was six weeks old. That was in 2011. So you adopted officially? Right. We went through Child Protective Services. She was put in our care. Um, We were supposed to only have her for 30 days. That was what the safety plan was that Child Protective Services made with her parents. The very next day, the bio dad tested positive for drugs. And a couple of weeks later, um, they weren't going to any of the necessary meetings they were asked to go to. And we really wanted, I was 40 years old at the time, we really wanted these parents to get their child back. So we tried everything to 
make sure they went to their meetings and um, it wasn't going to happen. And I think because we were that way, it made them very because we weren't trying to like steal their child and we wanted to make them accessible and wanted everyone to so work. So you were basically fostering the child. Yes. And we were trying to, you know, our whole goal was to, you know, reunite them. Um, and I think because we did do it that way, it made it very easy for them to say, why don't you adopt her? Because we're not going to be able to do this. So, so we went through Child Protective Services and we were able to adopt her um, a year later in November. And, um, you know, of course, they have to go through all the other, th- you know, they have to do a lot of background checks. And So you went through the whole process? We went through the entire did, process. Did you go out, did the sheriff come over to your home and, or did they do a CPS at No, home? They, they do a background check on you originally, right before you even see the child. So we had all of that done to us beforehand. And um, when we went through the thing of, you know, adopting her, the state ha- hires an attorney for the child, for the infant, and so because they can't talk for themselves. We have the many, you know, visits from the caseworkers and quite a few. I mean, okay, almost every 10 days they would just pop up to make sure that we everything was good. And they oh, Tell us about Evelyn. Is that her name? Oh, my goodness, yes, Evelyn. Uh, she is absolutely our, we couldn't imagine our life without her. And people sit there and will say things like, you are amazing for doing this. No, we're not. Because I can guarantee you, I would say 80% of the people, if they were presented in the situation very similar like ours, we're not going to say no. Mm-hmm. You just you can't say no. So, I mean, I don't think it's anything special that we do, and we're not better people for it. We would be horrible people to ever turn our back on a child. But she, we never intended on adopting at 40 years old. I, did, I didn't think I was going to do it because there was 18 years difference between my oldest and her. And she's been an absolute joy to us. You're listening to Alexandra Friends 660, The Answer. Well, I was <laughs> I was going to ask, did where are the parents? Did they ever have any contact after the adoption? Do you ever hear from them? Well, we, you know, we our whole thing is is that adoption is not a dirty word in our in our in our household. So with Evelyn, we she has a very strong ongoing relationship with with her maternal grandparents. I mean, she knows them as her grandparents. Um, they did a very difficult decision in. Um, not taking her in at first because they didn't want, um, the, the, you know, their, their daughter to continually do this again. Mm-hmm. So they said no for the good, you know, for the best reasons. And so I know it was really difficult on them. Um, the mother, she's met her biological mother. Um, it was about a year and a half ago, I believe. Biological father and his family, no. But, um, yes, she knows the maternal. Um, and I wasn't going to take that away from her. You know, I would never take. People who love her would be good for her out of her life. So mm-hmm. she has a very strong relationship with them. In fact, she just came back from being with them for a little bit of her spring break. That's awesome. How did you cope with having a, for a, a child with a special needs and another child and then an adoption? How did that work with you, with Roland and your family? And Yeah, after you have, I think when you have one child and you go to two children, I think almost any parent um, can tell you that, that that's difficult. Going from one Two, two is the most difficult thing financially on your schedule, everything. Going to three is no big deal. After that, who cares? I mean, it just, so it wasn't really, it's just something that you do. And our children, all of them just have never really known life any differently. I know that my two older kids aren't in a rush to even have children because, I mean, they know how many kids are even out there with that don't have families. So, Evelyn, does she have to go through process? Uh, Do you still have to follow with CPS on everything or just you have a full... She's so completely she's ours. Completely she's adopted. been ours since um, November of 2012. Wow, that's awesome. Adopted. That is wonderful. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I, I can't even imagine having somebody 
present that to me and, and you're right. How do you say no? And I'm you sure don't. you you have to have really good reasons, but <laughs> it's a child. You right. know what I mean? Like, how do you actually say no? So I don't know. But I think everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. And, and you know, she's she's so blessed to have you. And Oh, no. We and she's are, beautiful. No, we are. What she gives back to us is so much more with all of our kids. But um, she is, we're very involved in our city, mm-hmm. and she is always out there, whether um, during COVID, she was out there with the uh, National Guard, even getting, making sure that kids in, you know, our apartments in the city that we live in was, were getting food. She was distributing food and water. And- Let's check us out on Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. Shoot us an email, Alexander and Friends 660 at gmail.com. Our guest today is um, Liz Castaneda, who has adopted a child, and we, since we're doing the adoption this month and foster care, I thought it would be wonderful to invite somebody that has adopted, just like Miss Courtney has adopted her all her children. So we are still here with Miss Liz Castaneda, and she's kind of taken us through her journey. Liz, I understand you also, you were married before, mm-hmm. and so you have a 21-year-old, and that 21, 23. 23-year-old, okay. So uh, you were, tell me a little bit about your, um, she is, does not live with you, right? No, she lives on her own. She's very good. She did, yes, she did live so, with me when she was a teenager. The second one, so you have, tell us the, the ages of the of the four, just so to uh, to get back to it. I have a 28-year-old, a 23-year-old, 16, 15, and one that will be 10 next month. And the, how many live at home now? Four. Four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're doing now to help other children to be adopted. I know you're working with a couple of friends that are do, helping well, that could, you know, I, first I want to say when there is, when you give um, of yourself and you expect nothing in return, not even so much as a thank you, so many good things happen in return. Hundred percent agree with well, that. I, I got to say, when we took it, Evelyn, we didn't have a hidden, you know, hidden agenda. We really wanted to help this family out. And like I said when, at the beginning, where my husband and I were barely making it even financially, we had twenty three dollars in the bank that Tuesday, and we didn't get paid until Thursday. And um, just miraculously, within the next four months of us having Evelyn, our finances more than tripled. And we, it wasn't anything that we even really worked for. And I really believe that happens to do with when you give out of your heart and out of your need and you expect nothing in return and you're going to do it. Just so many great miracles happen mm-hmm. in your life. And I have a best friend. Her name is Lisa Sutter. And she's actually a former city council member in Carrollton. Her husband's a city council member now, too, John Sutter. And we talk probably five times a day. And um, we both have very hectic lives. She has a great granddaughter even living with her right now. And all of our family is so involved with each other. And so there's no telling what Lisa and I are doing on any particular day. But a couple of years ago, she called me. And um, out of the clear blue, she said, hey, I just want to have a quick question for you. Do you know anyone who wants a baby? I'm like, oh, yeah, how old? What is it? You know, she's like, well, the baby's going to be born in the next month. The baby's in Louisiana. Do you know anyone? I'm like, I do know someone. Because then she's going to have to put the baby up for adoption. Mm-hmm. So I said, I do know someone. And um, I turned around and I texted a friend who I knew was just kind of toying around with the idea of maybe doing it, that they had talked to me because they knew of Evelyn being adopted. And when I did, um, the husband texted me back and said, um, kind of an odd question. You know, he was like, um, "That's are you sure? What, what are the, what's the circumstance? I said, well, it's a baby. The baby will be born. It's going to be a little girl in Louisiana and um, in another month. And he goes, may my, my, may, you know, can my wife call you? So I said, absolutely. So his wife called me and I had never met her, his wife. And she was on the phone and she, I told her the situation. The baby would be 
private adopted through CPS. And she ended up saying, um, well, the day before her father had passed away and sure, she was always a, a, you know, a daddy's girl. And so when he was getting ready to pass away moment, you know, hours, a couple of minutes, whatever, before he passed, he said, um, he and God had a, had a plan. He's like, you know, honey, I have a plan. You're not going to hurt. I know you've always been a daddy's girl, but you're not going to have a hole in your heart. I, I talked to God and we have we have something up our sleeves for you and you just have to trust me. And of course, she wasn't. She's like, he's like, but I, I'm telling you, me, I trust me. And um, it's what everyone didn't realize is that years before that, he had always advocated on his daughter adopting a child through CPS. And so less than 24 hours later, I send this text saying, it would have to be a private adoption through CPS, and I was wanting, just wanting to know, and she just started crying. The baby came early, almost a month early, so that was on a Thursday. They buried her father on that Saturday, and that Sunday she was in Louisiana um, holding her newborn baby. And now that baby had just turned three years old, and she looks like a little cherub. And, you know, just when you do things and you um, just run with it, like when Lisa calls me and says things like, do you know anyone who wants a baby? And you turn around and... You call someone, we know it wasn't a coincidence, you know, Mm -hmm. that we knew, I know that it had been planned years before and um, it was meant to be that way. And I tell you life, I guess our show deals with life, health, wealth, and love. And this is, this is life. This is the reality Mm -hmm. of life. Our show is reality. You Mm -hmm. know, it's the journey of the process and it's, it's kind of sad, you know, when you think about this now. Not all adopt, not all foster children or children are given up for adoption right. necessarily have bad parents. Some that just the parents passed away mm-hmm. and they don't have anyone to take care of them. Others, the parents are not fit to be the parents, and others are parents just don't want their children. And mental illness and mental illness mm-hmm. and deals then, a lot with it. And also the young people that well, this is the strangest thing is Roberto told us a story while he was here that day that I I'm just meant to cry. He was given that option to give up his first baby of when he was 17 years old and he decided to keep him. He's 21 years old today. So you have those options today, which is good. Um, but it's always hard to think about this. And, and a lot of grandparents are, are raising their, their grandchildren and they haven't adopted them. They're just fostering basically mm-hmm. because they don't adopt them. So I'm glad there's institutions and people available to make to give a child a home or at least help them give them a home because well i tell you there's a lot of children out in the homeless children well that's a, that's interesting you said that because um with with evelyn our youngest we tell her all the time that even though her parents made some really bad decisions when they were younger that they were very unselfish and the best decision they ever made and the most difficult decision they ever made was voluntarily signing their rights over so that Roland and I could raise this incredible being, and um, we, which is true. I mean, anyone who's giving their child up for adoption, that has to be the most selfless, loving act you can do. Because I mean, that's it would be hard on their end to ever give up that child. So I do want to say that about parents who do voluntarily do that and do the right thing is that y'all are incredible too. Mm-hmm. You're amazing. You're an amazing young woman who has given so much and and really gone through difficult times in your life and still, wow, I love no. a child is that, you know, a lot of people say, well, how can I love a child that's not mine? <laughs> a, um, no, I mean, oh my gosh. Uh, 
all of my kids are mine mm-hmm. and, and nobody can ever take that away from me. I mean, they're my kids. And I think and, that happens for children when they're you're foster when you're a, a um, step parent. Mm-hmm. parent. Well, and I think, you know, that's all with my older three. You know, it was it was me and my ex-husband at the time. The biological mother was removed. It's a whole different dynamic when you're a step parent and the other parent is still is still there. I mean, you, you know, you talk about shared custody and kids going back and forth and having different rules and having different values. That's a whole other ball game, right? And that's something too that I think deserves some some time, mm-hmm. you know, to be talked about. Yes, not definitely. in this show, but I mean, just just that that's something where you voluntarily choose to get in a relationship with somebody that has children and 100% from the get-go of you even knowing that that person has a child, that person's kid is number one priority. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And you never be, yeah. make somebody choose between you Absolutely. and their child ever. And and I see that happening and it's hard. I mean, it is hard. Um, but that's something going in. You, it's kind of like you can't change a person. Well, you can't change their mind about their children. Can you help? Can you be their best support? Can you try to give them guidance and maybe you've been around the block a time or two with children and you can share that experience with them. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's beneficial, but you know, I see that as well. And that's, that's a, that's a whole, and you know, you going through it too. I mean, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's different. It is different. different. So, so what would you tell a a parent like me that doesn't have, or any parent, what would you say to them if they decide to foster or adopt a child? What, what is the process and what, what, it's, it's a feeling. It's, it's, it's addictive. It's addictive. It is addictive. There is no drug that could ever compare with the act of giving your whole heart and soul and your being to this person. Um, it, it's addictive. I mean, um, th- what you get in return is far more than the other end. Um, Would you do it again? Well, I'm 50, so we uh, we, cho- we we specifically chose not to, and then we started, you know, fostering dogs. And I I don't think we understand the definition of foster because we just keep <laughs> kids and animals. So, um, yes, if yeah, absolutely. If anything ever happened or we need to take in a child, we would not even think twice about it. But um, there's so many families out there that do want them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with Lisa Sutter and I talking, we've we've placed babies in people's homes before. Um, so there's so many out there who would. No. So, no. so where yeah. do people get information if they're interested in becoming a foster parent? Where do they go? Um, I would suggest going to your county first with Child Protective Services and registering there. Um, they even have a program where it costs nothing to go through the entire program to learn about it. You get the background check. You find out exactly the ins and outs about foster. I would suggest going through Child Protective Services in your county first and okay. then you, you'll have everything answered through that way. Is that Dallas County or Denton County? It doesn't matter it which doesn't county matter. you're living in. Okay. Dallas County, Parker County, Denton County, wherever you are, I think that you should, that should be your first step. Well, Liz, I can only say that you brought a lot of <clears throat> happiness into my heart and a lot of tears inside. So I, I just too. cannot imagine what it's like because I only had one child and, and I've always wondered to adopt, but I'm <laughs> not, you know, there's also, you have to think about, there's par- there's people that can be parents and those that can help to be parents. Mm-hmm. Right. I was a parent of one, and that's all I could handle was one. And I still, you know, I love my my son, but I would have never had any more because it's it wasn't my my deal. So, thank you again for thank being you here so today. Much. Thank you all for having me. Really I really appreciate enjoyed it. Appreciate you so very thank much. You. I wish V was here so she could meet you, and we were going to be talking to you more. And absolutely. Hopefully. And uh, what do you think? 
I think you're listening to Alexander and Friends. Check out our podcast. Link to our Facebook page, Alexander and Friends 660. You can also shoot us an email, alexanderandfriends660 at gmail.com. Have a good night. (laughs) Bye-bye. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.